why is there a need? And I think it's been amplified by social media to go and try to chase followers that you don't know and try to get and win them over with love or try to get their love and admiration and respect as opposed to kind of maintaining that love and admiration and respect that you have with people that you have meaningful relationships with. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Jimmy Conrad Needs a Doctor. I'm Jimmy Conrad, and I'm here with my favorite doctor, Dr. Lee Hancock. Hi, Dr. Lee. How are you? I'm great. I am sitting here waiting uh, for what, what we're going to talk about. I, I, I hear you've got a doozy in store for me today. Well, I don't know if it's a doozy per se, but I thought I actually have an issue of some sorts, uh, an issue that I think I would go to a therapist and talk about. And I thought if I tipped you off and sent you a message and let you know what the theme was, I wouldn't get your raw, I say raw emotion, but your raw thoughts, your raw opinions on on what I should consider. And I hope that this could maybe be a reflection of what maybe some other people are going through at the same time. I think everybody goes through it at some point, but you don't know what it is yet, which is the best. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about this. And I've gotten feedback from a, a chunk of people that listen to the show and, and they'll hit me up and they tell me that, oh yeah, you know, I, I kind of have thought about that with something that your guest said, or I've kind of thought about that, what Jimmy said. So I think when you when you throw these topics out and we talk about these things, I do think that the idea of Jimmy Conrad needs a doctor, I think we all do. And I think, you know, to, to have these conversations candidly, both me throwing things at or our guests or you is, is kind of fun. So, yeah. I'm glad we're getting that type of feedback and I hope that people respond to this as well. So I don't really know where to start. I feel a bit vulnerable about this subject in particular. But I'm going to give you an example of what happened to me yesterday on Labor Day. And I had an opportunity to join my family on a boat ride that another family had invited us to, to go to Angel Island, which is here in the Bay Area. I elected to not go to work on Labor Day. So I know the irony's there and, and it's rich with stuff. But I am trying to build something. I'm trying to make something special happen with this group of people that I think are super talented and that I love working with. And I love the space that we're in and we're creating and all that good stuff. The problem is when my family came home, there was a lot of underlying messaging, I'd say from them until it got to the point where they just acknowledged that they don't understand why I'm choosing work over them. Mm. And, and so I'm torn a little bit because I, I get where they're coming from. Of course, you know, my daughter asked me, my youngest, did, did, you, did you miss us? Did you, did, you, did you regret not coming? Is what she said. Mm. And I said, well, yes and no. And I was very candid with her. Yes, I, I regret not being able to spend some meaningful time with you guys. But no, because this was a great opportunity for me to get all of my team on the same page for the next three months. You know, and having the opportunity to have some downtime to do that was very valuable for me from a work perspective. Mm-hmm. My nine-year-old doesn't give a shit about my work perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, she all she knows is that this other dad and this other family were out there on a boat swimming with their kids and her dad wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for me, man. Um, so it becomes a question of how and why, like, why are we even doing anything in the first place? If it's going to mean sacrificing something that you might regret later on down the line. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what am I working towards? Yeah, yeah, I have ideas of what I want to do and uh, they all sound great. And it's all, some of it's pie in the sky and some of it's based in reality. And, and it's cool to have that ambition to work towards something, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something I'm really struggling with right now as to what am I doing and, and what's the sacrifice and is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a lot there and I can hear and see the conflict in in you and your voice and in your face and uh this is definitely a performance discussion that uh people that are in any form of work line of work uh where it's not nine to five and show up at nine leave at five and nothing else afterwards which is more and more in 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 COVID-19 reality and in creative spaces, we are not in that area, uh, in, in that era, right? It's, it's, you are frequently uh, asked to, to be available and choose to be available, right? And so I would ask you some questions just to kind of, to get you to, to further clarify. And so just, so you know, uh, so people know how, how I function. For me, it's a lot about, um, I'm not here to make the decision for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to judge you. Uh, and I would ask you to be open-minded and non-judgmental of yourself as we move through this. And this isn't just to you because you and I have talked about that before, mm-hmm. but I would say that to any athlete that I'm working with. And so my question to you is, um, is this something that happens frequently? Are there times where you know you are planning something out and you stick to that plan? Was there um, a in this particular instance, was there a, a, a plan that you had broken? And then we can go from there. Well, I would say that this has probably been going on for some time. You know, when I got let go from Kick TV and we moved from New York, I had to figure out what I was going to do and how I was going to get there. And, and I knew there would be sacrifice. I'd like to think that my playing career really lent itself to having some crutches very good crutches as in discipline and focus. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about singular focus a lot. It did, mm-hmm. it did help me out a lot. Like, okay, if, if, if I'm going to be successful, I know what it takes. You have to put the work in. You don't, there are no shortcuts and you got to learn along the way and be open-minded to making mistakes and getting better. Mm-hmm. And I still try to approach every day that way. Mm-hmm. But as I try to grow this thing and as I try to work towards this, this, this 2026 world cup, adventure that I want to build towards, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to take time and I have to add people in and I have to make sure as the leader that I'm communicating properly as to what I want. And, and uh, not only is it a time sacrifice, it's a financial sacrifice because it's a lot of money out of my own pocket to Mm -hmm. explore these, these opportunities. And so, yeah, there's a lot at stake here and I feel that pressure, but does it matter if you're, if you're not around for meaningful things with your kids Mm -hmm. and with your wife? I don't know. It's tough. It's tough for me. And, and I think the hard part is, and I, I appreciate you saying that it's not a nine to five, but I think what's really interesting about this job in particular is that social media demands that you have an opinion on everything at all times mm-hmm. and, and trying to find that balance and, and knowing when to log off is hard. Not only that, we're talking most of the week during the weekdays when everybody else is quote unquote working. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the games that are going to happen. Well, all of our action actually happens on the weekend. So now you're probably sacrificing a day or two uh, with regard to that. So to give you an example, 
I, I was all set to go with my family up to a cabin that her parents own, very small cabin. We got married there. Mm-hmm. And it's about you know five, six hours away from here. And, and I got the CBS job that popped up. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to say no to being an analyst on CBS around the Champions League and Europa League. I just, that would be insane. Mm-hmm. And, and not that my wife doesn't understand it, but, but we had already had it set. You know, there was a lot of disappointment when I, when I bailed on that. And, and then within that, I worked for 40 straight days mm-hmm. from, from like a couple of weeks prior to that, through that whole experience. And I just takes a lot. Like they basically got to the point where daddy's just working today. You know, uh, he's got to work you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that kind of set up this, that I did have a chance to go do something fun and, and I elected to work. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's tough because a lot of the stuff that I'm working on in particular is free. I mean, if, I don't want to get too much in the weeds about what I do, but, but a lot sure. of the work that I'm trying to build is I'm not getting paid for it, but I'm trying to create visibility or, or create real estate or these new properties or ideas, coach Jimmy soccer minute, whatever it is, podcasts, to, to then have brands say, oh, wow, look at all these things that you're doing. We'll sponsor this and that and this and that. Mm-hmm. And, and you've created this real estate that you can now leverage mm-hmm. uh, against and help mm-hmm. build audience. And, and it feels very math- mathematical when I say it like that. But mm-hmm. um, I love doing all of it. It's, it's, it's a great deal of fun for me, but, but I'm having a hard time looking forward. What's the cost going to be? Because I know, and you know this too, that if I really want to build something of consequence, that leads up to the world cup and during the world cup, the the amount of time that I'm going to have to spend to make that happen Mm -hmm. is going to be quite monumental. And then I'm going to miss the next four or five years of my girls' lives. Not, Mm -hmm. not all of it, but some of it from, from ages, you know, nine, nine to 14 and from 13 to 18. And then once Mm -hmm. my oldest turns 18, man, she's out, you know? So it's just like, I don't know, man, I'm having a tough time as to, as to what I should not, I'm not looking for guidance in terms of what I should do. I know that that's, I mean, you can obviously well, let's ask talk about questions, it. but I, I'm, I, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about, because you answered my first couple of questions in terms of, okay, you did have a plan, right? And, but you also had some things that have come up for work and you are trying to build something. And I, uh, is it, ha, have you had these very upfront conversations with your wife about there are going to be these days that just pop up? Have you had those forthright conversations and really upfront conversations? Maybe not as clear as I should have been. It's more, okay. I've always kind of maybe been hoping to do both. I feel like I've tried to live a life of being able to please everybody in all ways. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. and I think I, I grew up in a situation where I had, you know, parents that weren't married and I want to make both sides happy and not feeling mm-hmm. like I'm, you know, anyway. So it sounds like there could be some even more upfront conversations about these things. Mm -hmm. And, and I would suggest, because then I'm going to turn it back to you and ask you some questions about you. Um, I would suggest that having those more clear ground rules and even explaining these things that you're trying to build, not only with your wife, but with your kids, because you, you have kids, you know, I, I remember when I would travel a lot and I would basically be dragging three kids down the driveway into the taxi and onto the plane and they would be crying. And then I would get into the car and be like, well, I'm going to hell for this. You know what I mean? Cause I'm yeah. leaving my kids. And so it's, it's something I think we all experience, but I also think you're in a unique position because you are trying to build something which could call you away at moments notice and you are there, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, well, dad's here, but he's not here. 
which can, mm-hmm. which can be difficult. So I think having those discussions up front and allowing them the opportunity to ask questions and explain to them these things in a detailed way may, may provide them an opportunity to not only um, listen, but talk, which I think is really important in a family dynamic, mm-hmm. especially your family dynamic. Uh, let me throw this back to you. You, it looks as if this is causing you some uh, serious, yeah, pain. yeah, yeah, pain. yeah. And, and anxiety. Um, and maybe that's not the term, but I can see it wearing on you. What What is the wearing factor that you feel like, well, let me just keep it open. I would say that one of the other things that came up, and I knew this would happen in the pandemic. I would knew that this would being around my family 24 seven, where they get to see me be an elevated personality. And that when I shut off and I don't have the light or a camera on me, I'm a little bit low key. Right. And I think that's the balance that I need. I need to have ways to decompress from trying to be this, I don't say caricature, but definitely a, a, a elevated energy yeah. uh, version of myself. Yeah. Which I know is needed to, you're performing. Yeah, of course. But I knew what would come across and it got brought up yesterday in our conversation. We did have a very heartfelt and open communication and conversation yesterday was that it seems like I'm giving my best part of myself to work and not my best to them, which Mm -hmm. hurts. Mm -hmm. And I, those discussions hurt, in my opinion, because you value that piece that is throwing that out uh, so much uh, that it is supposed to hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's saying to you, it sounds like, that you not have to rethink this, but you have to think about it. And I mm-hmm. think that's a very painful place to go and a very necessary place to go because the easy thing is to uh, say, sorry, guys, I got to work. Compartmentalize, off, done, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Or the other one is just turn this off and then go go do something else, right? Mm-hmm. And what you are trying to do is what you said you're trying to do and you're trying to please everybody, right? And it sounds like you're also then not looking at yourself going, I have to manage myself in all of this and be honest with myself and then move through this. And so I think caring is very difficult to do um, but a very important first step, right? And so as you start thinking about those conversations, it's a good place to start. I think the hard part, and I appreciate your insight, is that I have ambition that is hard for me to turn off. I don't know how to turn it off. You know, I, I've been working so hard to prove to myself or to prove to this invisible person that, that, uh, you know, and it's an everyday thing. This isn't like, you know, people could look at me and be like, dude, look at all the things you've done. I'm like, yeah, that's great. But I still, I still need to push, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that worries me a little bit because I think it's a strength in some ways, but I also think it's a weakness. And I think the weakness is now on display with regard to how my family is now absorbing what I do, how I do it and how it's impacting them in a more real way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, yeah. And I think it, it was, brought to the forefront when your family said to you, I don't know which one said it, but 
Um, we, it seems like my, we're getting youngest. <laughs> well, I mean, th- those are sometimes the most astute because they're just straight out, you know, there's no mm-hmm. filter and that almost hurts the most. Right. Cause it's like, it what does, do you know? it does. And it's like, well, yeah. I know you dad, you know, it's like, well, yeah. you just be quiet and leave me alone, you know, conscience, yeah, yeah. conscience. <laughs> and, and those painful conversations and the ones where she said, look, I'm getting the B version of you is it sounds like that comment right there really dug deep. And I feel like, as you're saying, you're, you're having these things going on again, for me, open and honest feedback and conversations with people that you clearly value uh, more than your job because it's impacting you so much. But at the same time, you also value your job. And Mm -hmm. I think having those conversations is key. I also think hitting that piece up front about best version of you, right? And non-best version of you is something to listen to and to ask them what they mean by that. And, and how, how can I, how can I do better in, in essence? Because those three are the, are the judge and jury, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, because if you're feeling anxiety, mm-hmm. if you're feeling those pressures, it's important for you to look at yourself and take care of yourself in this, right? And taking care of yourself can be a lot of things. It can be meditating. It can be talking to a, a, a therapist. It can be talking to your family. Um, but I think checking in with yourself. Why, you why do I need to do that when I got you, Dr. Lee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the difference between me and a licensed therapist is different, right? They're going to they're gonna give you something that I can't in terms of performance advice, you know, and just a, kind of, a, a, sure. sort of how to help you through the, the issues to help you get back to being your best you. Um, but I think the conversations are, are super critical. No, we, we had some and I thought we, we found a good, I'll say resolution, but I think we left it in a, in a good positive spot that was encouraging, but it still didn't take away from the fact that I need to process some of the comments and work through them. Yeah. And I thought, you know, this would be a good place. You know, I think maybe somebody can draw something from this. And I also wanted to ask, I don't know what, where this falls in the scale of psychology, but, and, and if I'm alone in this or if I'm not alone in this, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone, but why is there a need? And I think it's been amplified by social media to go and try to chase followers that you don't know and try to get and win them over with love or try to get their love and admiration and respect, as opposed to kind of maintaining that love and admiration and respect that you have with people that you have meaningful relationships with. Why do we let that go and, and, and not stay, I don't know, for lack of a better metaphor, you know, water that we're still watering that relationship with love and care and sunlight, as opposed to trying to chase these invisible numbers, you know, and I know that's kind of the workspace I'm in, but I, I'm having a tough time with that as well. And this isn't even unique to social media for me. It's always been kind of a thirst to how many people can I get to like me kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's really when I strip down some of my motivations. Uh, what, what is this all about? And again, it gets me back to my first question. Why am I doing this? And, and what is it all for? I, I mean, my quick response is I don't know the exact reason why psychologically. I do feel it has to do with feedback in general. If mm-hmm. you could have a thousand people line up and go, you're awesome. 
You're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. Hey. Only a thousand? Come on, dude. I have like way more than that. See, and this is why it's a problem for you. Uh, I think is, you know, totally building up, you know, this, this piece of you and you're, and you're, because it's a thousand, you're never satisfied. How could you possibly be satisfied? There's more right around the corner and it's this instant Mm -hmm. gratification of, of feedback, which I think is totally real and totally fake at the same time. Uh, so I think it's, we're chasing feedback. We, we like the immediate feedback. We like the immediate attention. That's that side of it. I think in terms of our relationships is I think we uh, take them for granted sometimes and we don't nurture them as often as we could or should. And to say, I love you by an act is way more powerful than words is what I've been told as I have made my own (laughs) mistakes in this space. And we, because they're around all the time, we think they're going to be around all the time. And like you just said, they're not, you know, and I, I've had, and we have choices. This goes back to, we have choices. It goes back to the beginning of our conversation. You have choices about what you want to sacrifice and how far you want to push. And I've had this discussion with you, whether on the air or off the air, I've had opportunities to do things. I've been asked to move places and be on staffs and I have turned those down because I get one chance to be a dad. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to me. And I want to make sure that I get that right because I have three people that are counting on me to do that. And so I have five more years you know, to get that right or wrong. And I feel after that five years is when you continue to move forward. That's just my choice because I do mm-hmm. think back to your piece, there are sacrifices and, and we all have to, to, to make those. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that too. Cause I, it does mean a lot to me to be uh, a dad that's there for them. So, so uh, yeah, it hits me. That hits me pretty good. I would say um, what I find interesting. And another thing I struggle with is, you know, is there some value? And I'm sure there is. I'm sure you can you can validate this this thought that they see the hard work that you put in and, and the time and dedication and the role model that you are from a work perspective. And that kind of lays the groundwork for what they need to do to have success, you know, mm-hmm. or, or however you define success. But at least, you know, it's 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 interesting. I don't want to I don't want to be a schlub either. You know, so it's one of those things where you're trying to find that balance of of being a good dad and, and being there in that perspective, but also showing them what it looks like to to, to put in a good, you know, days, a good day of work. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Yeah. You'd think that they see it, but they don't appreciate it sometimes. I'm going to tell you that right now. Right. Yeah. And to find that balance in, in all, for all of us, I think is something so many people struggle with. I mean, we could probably get person after person here with nine, 11 and 13 year olds who are working their, their tails off. And we would, we would have long conversations and, I do think it is important to to show work ethic and to to say this is what it means to be successful and you got to work your tail off, but at the same time to be there at their soccer games, right? At yeah, their right. recitals, you know, to help them with their homework and to find that balance. I I don't have the answer. I can say that we're all different. I can say that to look inside of you and look and talk to your family, and I think that those are good places to start. Um, but I think the fact that it, it is hitting you and that you're thinking about these things says how much you value those relationships and how, what a father you are 
and whether what a father you try to be. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it. I feel like I'm going to get emotional and I'm going to end it here. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to keep this going because I want to talk just a couple more minutes. Um, I, I believe that this is why it's important for people to have people to talk to, whether it's friends or colleagues or anybody else, um, pro- professional therapists, because we all have things in our, in our performance lives as teachers, as coaches, as high-performing artists and, and, and singers and, and whoever you are. And to, to, to see normal people or superstars like Jimmy Conrad um, move through these things um, is quite honestly empowering. And I think this is where the normal person goes, oh, he's struggling too right? Or a teacher goes, oh, he's struggling too. Because we all have these things that we, that we think about. And so having, having people to talk to is important. Be willing to talk about them is also an important thing because you can lead a horse to water and, you know, apparently some of them don't drink, uh, even though there's water there. And so I think both of those things are really important. And so I want to say that to people listening and, and you know that because we talk about it, um, on and off the air. But I wanted to say that to people that are listening. And so, um, yeah, I think it's a great topic and I'm appreciative of your vulnerability and, um, and working through this. Yeah. We should have got a guest on. (laughs) 